Welcome to Reimagining the Internet from the Initiative for Digital Public Infrastructure at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. We're talking to researchers, techies, activists, academics, and journalists about what's wrong with the internet and how to fix it. I'm your host, Ethan Zuckerman. Welcome, everyone. I'm Katie Glenn Bass. I am the research director at the Knight First Amendment Institute, and this is Reimagine the Internet. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us. Catherine Marr was until very recently the chief executive officer and executive director of the Wikimedia Foundation. She spent her career at the intersection of technology, human rights, democracy, and international development. Before joining Wikimedia, she was advocacy director for the international digital rights organization Access Now. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you for being here. I, yeah, it's wonderful to be here. And and I have to say, I don't have slides. I do apologize. Um, but just even building off everything that Ethan has just said, I have to say this has given me more ideas about what I want to say. And this was a really hard talk to prepare for because there is so much to say and so little time to say it. Um, you know, I wanted to start off by saying, you know, coming from the position of representing Wikipedia, I really think that Wikipedia is a marvel, as Ethan has just said, and I take very little responsibility, despite Ethan's kind words, for how it has emerged and evolved over the past few decades. But I am excited to be here to explain a little bit about it today, because I think the other part about Wikipedia is that it is widely misunderstood. And I don't mean that in the sense of how it works. I think that in this audience, probably many people are very familiar with Wikipedia is run by volunteers. There is a community that community governs Wikipedia. It sets policies for how content is generated on Wikipedia. All of that is done within the Wikipedia community, not by a corporation or even the Wikimedia Foundation, which is the nonprofit that supports Wikipedia. What I mean instead is really the business model of Wikipedia. And I wanna talk a little bit about that because I don't think we do spend enough time talking about alternative business models here. Um, and so what I'll spend a little bit of time talking about first is really sort of the ways in which um, what has worked for Wikipedia from a community standpoint, many of the same things that Ethan has mentioned are things that I'm going to touch upon. And then I'm gonna talk a little bit about this sort of economic model of the infrastructure. Um, I'm not a business professor, so I've not modeled this out fully, but I wanted to give it as a provocation for the beginning of our conversation, because if we're going to talk about alternative models for the internet, we really need to talk about what it takes to run them and to sustain them, and yes, to scale them if we want them to be successful in a way that reaches our mission of supporting an in, a different type of internet infrastructure for all. So just a little bit about our background before we get into those conversations. Wikipedia is truly massive at scale. I'm going to use that word again. Again, uh, we have billions of page views per month. There are about a one and a half billion unique devices that come to Wikipedia and Wikipedia's uh, sister projects, the Wikimedia Knowledge Ecosystem, on a monthly basis. Wikipedia exists in more than 300 languages, and it has a community of about 275,000 volunteers on a monthly basis, give or take. Um, there are more than 55 million articles across all of Wikipedia's different language versions. And then Wikidata and Wikimedia Commons are some of our largest other projects, and they are similarly sprawling and spectacularly large. Hundreds of um, sorry, tens of millions of images in Wikimedia Commons and, and tens of millions of items in Wikidata as well. And those just together make up the Wikimedia projects. So Wikipedia started about 20 years ago. Um, in fact, we celebrated our 20th birthday in January of this year. And we started at a very different time for the internet. You know, I think, uh, 
Katie just mentioned this idea that at the beginning of the internet, we thought that everything was going to be great and democratizing and open, and it was going to connect us all. And those are really the ideals upon which Wikipedia was founded, uh, this very sort of cyber libertarian identity of a free and open internet. And so that is where we started from, this idea of an encyclopedia that anyone can edit, really built on sort of the principles of an open source community, the idea of uh, open source software driving not just the code that Wikipedia was written on with the terms of the wiki, but the idea that many eyes make all bugs shallow, um, which is what enables Wikipedia articles to be as accurate or as irrelevant and up-to-date as they are, the idea that if it's free and if it's open, everyone will come and participate and will sort of create this radical new understanding of knowledge on the internet. Some of that worked and of course some of it didn't. And so I want to talk a little bit about what did work and then maybe some things that didn't work quite so well before I step into those business models, because I do think that we have both models of community governance and models of sustainability, and we have to look at them in totality. Very often the literature or the research or the theorization focuses on one or the other, but in reality, both of those things are interdependent and they work together. So what did work about Wikipedia? I think the first and foremost thing that comes to mind for me is this idea of a distributed mission. So Wikipedia was created as an encyclopedia in 2001 in English. Uh, that was its founding identity. It wasn't necessarily created to be a multilingual encyclopedia or a global community project in the way that it is turned into today. A lot of that was a really happy mistake, happy for all of us, I hope. Um, but that distributed admission of free knowledge for the world is something that sort of emerged and came along later. And the reason it was able to emerge and come along later was that that mission was something that was given out to the community freely to hold, interpret, and to continue to reinvent. So when Jimmy Wales started Wikipedia in 2001, it was meant to be a peer-reviewed encyclopedia. It wasn't even going to be a wiki. As he continued to experiment and tweak the model, he sort of stumbled into this idea of a wiki space in which people could draft their articles. People who were engaged in that wiki space decided that it would be interesting to start this in other languages. That idea sort of caught fire and continued to expand, moving very rapidly in the first year to hundreds of languages by the Wikipedia's 10th birthday. Um, that distributed mission, that distributed ownership over that mission is something that has really allowed Wikipedia's values to endure and for Wikipedia to continue to expand and evolve over time in ways that uh, both hold Wikipedia to account relative to its in original vision and values because it that mission is held by so many people external to the platform and internal to the foundation that actually runs and operates and fundraises for it. So there is a distributed mission and accountability, but there's also a distributed interpretation of that mission so that people are able to really think through sort of how does Wikipedia apply in their own context or how does Wikimedia apply in their own context and continue to evolve that for whatever those needs might be for their communities, for free knowledge, for their languages, and the like. The next piece of that I think comes to mind for me is this idea of just enough rules. So if you've ever spent time on a wiki, and for those of us who've been sort of banging around on the internet for some time, wikis were tremendously um, transformative at the time that they came about. Publishing on the internet used to be really quite hard. I know I used to run my own blog. I used to have to know HTML and CSS. I used to have to sort of go into the back end of the CMS in order to be able to get anything done, to fix things, to move things around. Um, Wikis made it all really simple and sort of a snap of a finger. All you needed to know was Wiki markup, uh, which now probably seems tremendously complicated, but at the time seemed like a forward leap of innovation. They were very simple. They could be uh, continue. They 
the idea was really sort of this open container and frame in which people could fill in content that people could uh, enable sharing amongst communities. Publishing was very rapid. It was easy to roll things back. Those just enough rules of the wiki really allowed for people to adapt and modify the wiki space to their own needs and purposes. And I think that that is significantly important and gets us to our next thing, which is really this idea of norms that are scalable rather than practices. And so what I mean by this is that Wikipedia has a few very defined ways of thinking about content. It talks about neutrality. We talk about reliable sources. We talk about the idea of verifiability. We talk about notability. And beyond that, you know, kind of anything goes. People can experiment with the look and feel of a Wikipedia page. They can build new templates out on top of it. They can build interoperability with other systems, uh, data portability, all these sorts of ways of really modifying the wiki space around a few very simple norms. And so those norms are translatable across languages, across cultures, across sort of the global interface of Wikipedia, but there's tremendous flexibility around how um, those norms come into existence and how they are lived uh, in terms of the actual practice and application of the product of the product itself, um, which is goes right into the next point, which is really around marginal innovation. And what I mean by this is that Wikipedia's greatest innovations come from the margins, but they are also tremendously incremental. So what we see in Wikipedia is a space in which community members have the ability to, to tinker and to experiment and to be really flexible in their own spaces on you know, their own wiki pages or in their own communities. And when those innovations are successful, they tend to scale to the size of the whole platform um, because they become adopted by communities that see value in them. And the Wikimedia Foundation then you know spend some time and effort to to be able to make them stable enough to be able to scale to the size of the platform. Uh, but of course, this being a wiki, uh, they don't have to. People really have the flexibility as to whether they want to adopt or not adopt new change within the platform itself. And I think that we're going to talk a little bit more about sort of change and product evolution when it comes to the business model. But that idea of marginal innovation, the best ideas often come from people who are experimenting and tinkering around the edges. Uh, the next is really this idea of sort of rules for being disagreeable. So in a platform the scale and size of Wikipedia, you're not going to agree on everything. Uh, and so it's not a problem for us to disagree, actually. It's a really healthy thing. We think about the loyal opposition as those who keep us accountable to our goals, to our intentions, to sort of our founding principles. Um, but the really important piece about all of this is sort of having rules for being disagreeable so that we can sit within that container of what we're trying to do and disagree about how we're going to do it, but all, all within the spirit and within the process of building the encyclopedia as a whole. Um, I loved what Ethan said about this idea of communities perhaps being uh, was it ungovernable at scale? I think that's absolutely right. Um, Wikipedia isn't something that happens at scale. It is a set of processes and decisions that happen day in and day out. Wikipedia is edited 350 times a minute. So there's this constant reapplication and reinterpretation of a set of norms, but Wikipedia itself is not centrally governed at scale. The decisions are not made at scale. They're done in the size and in the scale and in sort of the intimacy of an individual article and individual discussion around a specific policy, the interpretation of what notability might look like, the interpretation of what a verifiable citation might be. Uh, so it really is the case that it's about the adaptation of norms rather than the adaptation of scale in the sense that we think of from a centrally governed platform, which is how most of these platforms 
are developed. Um, the last thing that I wanted to mention here is, is Ethan and I had an opportunity to talk about this the other day, is really this idea of sort of starting with a, a zero trust assumption. And what I mean by that is the idea that Wikipedia is constantly proving itself and reinterpreting itself because it doesn't start from the idea that we've got it right. It starts from the idea that we don't know what we're doing, that Wikipedia isn't as accurate as you know we would like it to be, and that that is actually part of our commitment and our promise and our accountability to ourselves that we're constantly interrogating whether our policies are right, whether they have the ability to achieve our highest goals and outcomes and ends, uh, whether we are moving forward in the direction of our mission, whether people trust us as a platform or as a community or as a set of articles. And that zero trust or sort of that idea that we are a work in progress type assumption is something that I think has been foundational to the way in which we do our work, rather than coming from a point of view that says, you know, we've really got this, we kind of know what we're trying to be and who, who we want to be in the world and how we want to build forward. So what did we learn about what didn't work? Well, I mean, a lot doesn't work when you've been around for 20 years. We've certainly built enough code that has fallen over over the years. Um, but I think that the primary issues about what don't work have actually been cultural in nature. I started by talking about the idea of free and open as some of our founding principles, sort of free and open source coming from the idea of the open source community. Well, I have come to the opinion and the perspective that free and open was a way of looking at the world that was inherently limited relative to what we were trying to achieve. Free and open has the best of intentionality, but in the end, what free and open often ended up doing, and particularly in the case of Wikipedia, was really recapitulating many of the same power structures and dynamics that exist offline prior to the advent of the internet, but even within the internet today. Free and open simply meant that the people who anyone could contribute to it Wikipedia, whether at the level of the code or the content, but it was often the case that the people who were most successful were those who had the greatest sort of positional power. They were the shoutiest. They were the ones who were able to remain on long on online the longest amount of time. Um, sure, you were. It was free to participate. Anyone could participate in it. Those discussions were wildly open. Yes, you could take the code and do whatever you wanted with it, but it had a sort of a preferential bias to those who already had the resources to participate in those communities. And so, what we ended up seeing was Wikipedia really rebuilt this idea of knowledge as a whole around what the Western canon, you see the exclusion of communities of languages because of the ways in which Wikipedia is based on reliable sources. The idea of a written tradition is something that is particular to many, I mean, not, sorry, the idea of a written tradition, which is particular to some cultures and not to others, the ways in which we ascribe notability often really comes from sort of this white male um, westernized construct around who matters in societies and who is elevated and whose voices. And so some of these ideas of sort of this radical openness really did not end up with the intention really did not end up living into the intentionality of what openness can be. And I think that that's something that the Wikimedia community has really been on a journey about in the last five to 10 years is they're saying, okay, free and open are values that really matter to us. We want our code to be free. We want the content to be free, freely licensed, of course, um, freely accessible, free as in uh, no cost or barrier to entry, open as in everyone can participate. But what does it mean to really think much more intentionally about what welcoming looks like? What does it mean to be intentional about what free looks like so that we're really thinking about how do we uh, transcend the barriers that exist to being able to access and engage in our content? Um, how do we move beyond an understanding of civility in our sites and projects and platforms into an understanding of respect and participation and creating 
uh, adequate space for everyone who wants to be a part of this to truly be able to be a part of it. So when I talk about where our failures are, I think we can certainly, there's certainly have been many failures along the way, but most of the ones that I think have been our greatest limiting factors have been these cultural failures, which has been really around this idea that if you know you design it, they will come as opposed to really thinking much more intentionally about what does it mean to be a welcoming community that offers everyone the same opportunity to participate in meaningful ways with their voices. So lots of conversations about Wikipedia sort of leave it there. They leave it at the conversation level of how does how does the community interact? What do the administrators do? How do you negotiate these difficult decisions around content uh, content moderation, uh, for lack of a better term. But since we're talking about alternative models, I really wanted to talk about the business model as well, uh, because a lot of the questions about the best and the worst of the of the internet do end up defaulting to the business model. When we talk about social media platforms, we talk about incentive structures, we talk about advertising and revenue-based systems, but we don't talk about this enough in the nonprofit space. And if we're really thinking about alternative models for the internet, whether they are publicly funded or, um, or sort of sustainable, responsible businesses or nonprofits themselves, we need to talk about what this actually means because Wikipedia is a nonprofit. We've been a nonprofit um, for about two, since two years after we founded, so about 18 years now. I really take the position that Wikimedia is also a public good. I take the position that it belongs to people, which is true in a very literal sense. The code is free and the knowledge is free. Uh, but of course, it is also a business. In order to run something like Wikipedia, there has to be sustainability. There has to be models of budgeting and, and of financing. And it is expensive and difficult to run a project and platform as large as Wikipedia. I mentioned 1.6 billion visitors a month, hundreds of millions of page views a day, billions of page views over the course of a year. These are there are actual costs associated with it, not just costs of bandwidth and hosting, but costs of engineering, costs of governance. And it is very expensive when it gets to the scale of 300 languages and all around the world. Um, in fact, I was just talking to the, another, another CEO of a large non-tech large tech nonprofit. There's not that many of us. And this is one of the things that we, we were discussing is very often the sort of costs of doing this work are so significant and the numbers are so large that they start to sort of be dissociated from the conversations that we have in the nonprofit space, which are often around tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth in grants. Uh, but the reality is that software at scale is really more in the tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars to run. In fact, last year, the budget of the Wikimedia Foundation was about $110 million. We employed about 500 people in about 40 different countries around the world. And through a grant system of about $10 million, supported another 200 plus people in local nonprofits that we call chapters and affiliates, who focus very much on content and community management. Uh, so that is a really significant number. That is almost a thousand people who are employed in some sort of way in order to operate Wikipedia, which is not really what you think of when you think of a, sm a small nonprofit or an experimental nonprofit. Um, and the work that these people do is at best in breed in many ways relative to sort of the tech industry as a whole. They focus on content and community management. We run our own server infrastructure. We do heavyweight engineering. Uh, we have 99% uptime for all of our sites. You know, the business side of the, of the house models out investments to really think about forward-looking innovation and product development. What works today? What do we have to sustain? What do we have to maintain? Where do we need to invest in so that in three to five years time, our platform is still as resilient as, as it, well, <laughs> our platform 
platform is even more resilient perhaps than it is today? How do we think about emerging, uh, entering into emerging markets and supporting that from a revenue standpoint? How do we think about how our infrastructure engages with the rest of the web as a whole as Wikipedia is increasingly a part of that core infrastructure? I mean, these are serious questions of operational stability at scale. Plus you're an employer for 500 people, which means you have all the same sorts of questions that any employer does around HR, um, equity, sustainability, people's career paths and projections, all that sort of work. So this is this is really big and hard work. Um, and despite all of the fact, all of those tens of millions of dollars that I just described, I would actually make the argument that Wikipedia itself is under-resourced. Um, both as a staff, but also as a community. You know, just off the back of the napkin, we would always estimate that we were about half the size of what we needed to be just to support the core dependencies of what exists today as a platform. Uh, this idea that we were sort of running around with duct tape and, and twine all the time was really the, sort of the feeling of working at the Wikimedia Foundation in large part because the platforms have grown so large and have so many dependencies. And so, you know, to some extent, so much technical debt, but also so many new challenges in the world as we navigate and negotiate negotiate that we were constantly just feeling as though we were sort of on our back feet relative to our ability to support everything that we want to support, both in terms of the current maintenance, but also in terms of the innovation. And as we look to what the future goals of what Wikimedia might be, you know, we probably would need to double again. Um, the ability to engage in really difficult questions of trust and safety work, uh, what we think of as content moderation across these 300 different languages, language engineering, to grow out the future of things like Wikidata and abstract Wikipedia, to run caching centers globally in order to be able to enter into and provide the same sort of service level agreements, which are basically uptime and reliability to folks all over the world, these are incredibly expensive commitments to make. Um, you know, just to take a specific example around growth in emerging markets, you know, Wikipedia does almost all of its fundraising. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in uh, its core markets today. Wikipedia is basically complete saturation of readership in places like the United States and Canada and the UK, um, also to many Western European countries. Uh, that is also the base and the genesis for most of our fundraising. We're never going to be able to raise funds to make us sustainable at the current rate in the next decade in many of the places where we want to grow, however. So as Wikipedia is really successful in Europe and the United States, uh, we also know that populations are declining in most of those countries and populations are growing with significant knowledge needs, significant new entrance into the digital space in, in Sub-Saharan Africa, in South, in South Asia and Southeast Asia. Uh, these are the sorts of places where Wikipedia can and should be and where there's a real need for what we do as an institution and in our mission and a real hunger to participate when we talk to Wikimedians in these emerging communities. But for us to fundraise in many of these places is either you know, logistically impossible or sort of structurally very difficult. And so really even thinking about, you know, as you grow out a platform at scale, new models of the internet, how do you sustain these models? Because the cost structure of running something in, uh, in Nigeria, for example, is not just as expensive as in the United States. It's actually more expensive very often uh, because of the nature of the ways in which we're navigating policy issues, IP issues, um, issues of hosting um, and latency and uptime. So, you know, on the community side, really, the same thing is true. The content has scaled significantly. We have said more than 55 million articles on Wikipedia, but the community itself has not dramatically grown. In fact, um, while we've had some good growth over the course of the last five years, and we're really proud about that to see a resurgence of editors joining Wikipedia, new editors, we have fewer active editors than we did at our peak in the early 2000s. And the numbers of people who are playing these really pivotal roles as a project, becoming administrators, for example, has really become stable, 
which is a polite way of saying that it's actually kind of flatlined. We're not growing at the scale that is commensurate with the growth of content, nor the growth in appetite for knowledge of Wikipedia, which means in real terms, we have more content to look after and fewer people to do that with. So how do you think about sustainability at the level of the editing community, not just sort of in a staff uh, perspective? I think that you know, Ethan talked about this a little bit, which I really appreciated this idea of governance, not moderation. You know, the way that I've been thinking about this and talking about this, including with some of the social media platforms that Ethan talked about is really, are you, are these externalities or are you internalizing your costs? So Wikipedia, about half of the folks that work with the Wikimedia Foundation sort of work in product and engineering, and about a third of the folks who work at the Wikimedia Foundation work in community support. That is a very large number relative to the way that many of many platforms run, which are predominantly engineering and less on the community support side. But the reason for this is that we have really internalized the costs of running Wikipedia, um, which is to say all of those decisions about content moderation, which actually do happen in the community space, we're not involved in that at all on the staff side, but we are deeply involved on the staff side on the meta-level governance questions of the site as a whole, on the meta-level questions of what do tools do administrators need, how do we ensure the health and viability of the committees that administrate that um, community members run, how do we ensure that they are diverse and, and well-supported and well-resourced, all of that comes at tremendous cost. Uh, we've essentially taken all of that cost and brought it in-house in order to be able to run Wikipedia, whereas I think a lot of the platforms today have sort of enabled those decisions to not really occur in the same sort of labor-intensive, consultation-intensive way. And what that means is that they essentially have externalized costs, which is really the friction of how they operate in the world. And a lot of those bad press headlines are really just a different form of way of actually measuring and assessing that cost to them. Uh, so I think that there's a really interesting question there. You know, how do you really think about governance, not moderation? The answer is it's tremendously expensive. It is doable. It's just really hard. You know, the way that we've been thinking about this, particularly as the content continues to scale, are questions like how do we scale our, or how do we really think about policies that are applicable across the, the entire platform, like a universal code of conduct, but then also how do we think about tools that we're, that enable us to be able to make decisions across the size of the entire project or platform that reduce the amount of human labor time that people are spending on governance and enable that, that human labor to really focus on sort of the most important decisions that we have. Um, I'm realize I'm getting sort of close to the end of time. So what I wanted to just close on is this idea that the sustainability model of Wikipedia is fundraising, right? Um, the fact is that we are a donor supported model where and I think that that is actually essential and critical to our success. It allows us to make decisions that can be unpopular at times. It allows us to be able to stand up to you know, political uh, efforts to, to censor us or apply political pressure. It enables us to make long-term investments in growth, as I mentioned, for example, in emerging markets. Oh, that's my timer. <laughs> Sorry, my time. Um, growth in emerging markets. Uh, it really enables us to think over the long run, what is best for our mission? What is best for our communities? How do we make these tough decisions. And yet at the same time, um, that donor supported model is something that, you know, we do not take for granted and there's some real challenges to it. You know, even though we're on track to raise $140 million in this last year, 80% of which is small donors, you know, what we do know about that model is that it's highly dependent on this idea that readers actually come to us, right? So the idea that people come to Wikipedia, that they read Wikipedia, that they see those banners and that they're motivated to donate. Well, that means that we have to have traffic to Wikipedia in order to get the number of readers to actually donate 
order to be able to cover our costs, which means that we're competing in a landscape of internet views and attention, which is the same landscape that every other platform is out there competing in. Um, it also means that we're competing relative to utility because research shows us that Wikipedia, most people donate not because of their high-minded ideals about a free and open internet or free knowledge for all, but simply because it's useful to them because it answers their questions because it helps them with their homework. Um, past a certain point, you know, about $100 or $200 donors, yes, they care very much about the ideals, but the vast majority of our donors are here because the product is really useful, which is really, really important. Um, and if there's one thing I want us to take away as we think about the future of all business models, or sorry, the future of models for community or the future of models for reimagining the internet, the number one thing it tells us relative to Wikipedia is that we need to be valuable to people. In order to exist at the scale and ubiquity that we do, we need to be valuable to people. And in order to be valuable to people, we need to be relevant and up-to-date and accurate and fast and easy to use and contemporary in our product experiences. Because if we're not those things, if we start to fall a little bit behind relative to our content, if we don't have the coverage that people are looking for and the diversity of information that people are looking for or the quality of information that people are looking for, and if the experience isn't fast and delightful and slick relative to the way that the rest of the internet work, people aren't just going to use us. And if people don't use us, we go from being a really powerful voice for a free and open web, certainly for the importance of free software, for the importance of free knowledge, for the importance of a human-focused internet, to being another website, you know, to being a bunch of encyclopedia enthusiasts. Our power comes from the fact that we have hundreds of millions, if not billions of people who use Wikipedia every single day. That is essential, but it is also essential that we continue to have those people, otherwise we won't be able to keep the whole thing running. And so if we're going to talk about new models for the internet, we have to talk about value. We have to talk about what it takes to build excellent products that people can use. We have to talk about what we're doing for our users. We have to embrace the fact that we actually do run these multi-sided platforms in Wikipedia's case. We have to think about what competition looks like because we're operating in one of the most heavily competitive and contested and capitalized markets that has ever existed. And we have to recognize that the things that we're thinking about as those who run the project are not the same things that our contributors are thinking about. Because the people who create Wikipedia, they're there for the joy. They're there for the delight. They're not here to create value for users. They're here to build an encyclopedia. Um, the idea and, and the joy of governing that ideal. Whereas those of us on the business side are really thinking about what are the decisions that we make every single day that enables that joy, that ideal to continue to operate. And if we don't see it that way, we don't understand that our entire positionality, our impact, our mission, our ability to exist in the world, our ability to grow in the places that we need to grow, our ability to serve those places that have been underserved historically, our ability to continue to be relevant and advocate for the values that we have with policymakers and with the public, um, we run the risk of losing our position and then we're just going to be those encyclopedia enthusiasts. And so I think that that's the place that I would leave the conversation is, you know, we only work because we're at scale, but of course, the more we scale, the harder it is to continue to work. And so as we're going into this conversation and recognizing to Ethan's point, scale isn't everything. Um, these are these difficult tensions that I just don't think we talk enough about when we talk about new models for the web. Reimagining the Internet is hosted by me, Ethan Zuckerman, and produced by Mike Sugarman, who also composed this music. Follow us at publicinfrastructure.org to learn more about what we're up to at the Initiative for Digital Public Infrastructure, and please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it.